A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, an epic battle between light and dark was fought. We're your hosts, Shalom and Courtney, and we're calling all Jedi, Jedi junkies. junkies. From Tatooine to Jakku, to buckle up for this hyperdrive adventure through the galaxy. You're listening to Jedi Junkies on Almost Nerd. We are going to spoil these movies, so make sure you've already watched them. Alright, thank you so much for joining us for the third episode of Jedi Junkies on Almost Nerdy. Revenge of the Sith! Revenge. Sith Lord! <laughs> Why are you shooting? It's more like... Jing, 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 I mean, it's true. There's lots of shooting in this one. That's true. But also a lot of lightsabers. A lot of lightsabers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. So, it is finally the episode that we have promised you. Our friend Joe, aka the Star Wars expert, will be on this episode. The Star Wars expert yes. will be joining us today live. No, that's live. <laughs> it's not live. <laughs> you got really excited. Sean's <laughs> like hyping it. He's like, how can I make it more hype? Live. <laughs> not really live, but we are super excited mm-hmm. just to like get some knowledge. Yeah, you know? we're calling his segment Deep Space. With Joe Tatro. With Joe Tatro. It's deep space because it's like deeper than what we can do. Mm -hmm. And space Mm -hmm. goes Star Wars. (laughs) 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 Welcome to our logic. (laughs) That is how we process that. (laughs) (laughs) So because Joe is going to be on and giving us some knowledge nuggets of fun, Mm -hmm. we are going to keep this beginning part kind of short. We're going to keep our themes kind of short so Mm. that we can give Joe a nice segment. Yes. So I'm going to do my two-sentence summary, and then Uh we are going to rate this movie. Yes. So this is my two-sentence summary. Mm -hmm. In Anakin's desperation to save Padme from death, he ends up joining the Sith. He ends the Jedi Order, Padme still dies, and the Galactic Empire officially begins. I think that's really good. Thank you. Yeah, because it's it's a really focused movie. It it's, it's it a very, really is. It's there aren't too many storylines happening mm-hmm. there. You know. I feel like especially after the last movie, this mm-hmm. one feels hyper focused. Like it feels. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was very focused. Very Anakin focused. Mm-hmm. He's processing a lot, and the Jedi, you know, order and mm-hmm. the 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 Emperor or yeah. Senator Palpatine, they are trying to influence him. So it's mm-hmm. like really focused on him. Yeah. You know, period. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you rate this movie? I would give this movie a an 8, actually. I would say the same thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it an 8. An eight. It's, yeah. actually, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. And I think people freaked out. And I'm, I'm excited to hear from Joe why mm-hmm. that happened. But watching it again, I'm like, this is a good movie. Graphics, obviously, for the 2000s, you've got Lord of the Rings. you got all these, like cool movies you got avatar Mm -hmm. all this stuff coming out so obviously we could judge the graphics and the cgi 
But I'm like, yeah, it was the beginning of an age. It wasn't like, mm. you know, that was the standard. Like where it's like the standard was so high. It was Avatar level. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there yet. Everything yeah, was true. still kind of weird. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely give it an eight as well. I feel like this movie was a lot more focused. And I actually think they did a good job mm. for the most part of making something like we know that Anakin's going to become a Darth mm. Vader. Like we know this is it. Like we know that that's what's going going down this mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a tragedy. Like this movie yeah. is actually a tragedy. And I think they did yeah. a pretty good job of having that kind of like uplift at the end. Which I think was really helpful. The uplift of like, you know, the babies are born and and they're mm. going. and But I do feel like there were a few kind of like cheap moments a little mm. bit. Yeah. Like the way Padme dies, I think mm. it's kind of cheap. Like I feel like it's kind of out of character. Yeah. Yeah. She, like she just died. Like she's yeah. such a fighter in all the movies. And then mm. you're telling me she just like, she just died. You could have made it more believable, died of heartache. Like. Yes. I think she was more of a yes. fighter than like. Yes. That. Mm-hmm. You're breaking mm-hmm. my heart. That's about it. Makes me want to stab myself in the uh, head with a spork. With a spork. A spork. <laughs> it would be a painful death for myself, but it makes me so mad. That, and I also think it's kind of cheap with C3PO and R2D2. Mm. They just like wipe their mind. I don't know. I just thought yeah. that, that was kind of that's yeah. kind of like lame a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt yeah. like it was a little lame. I think they're just trying to find connections. Yeah, like they just a, wanted to connect it. Cover, cover so it felt a little. Gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's you can tell you can. I, I mean, with with a lot of these sequels, you can tell when the writers have uh, like have done a good job. You can tell when mm-hmm. they've done a good job, and you can tell when they are kind of just trying to find a way to make everything make sense mm-hmm. you know when when we i'll always use this as my example because i think this is the most uh the prime example of this um dark crystal you know how they did the, the prequel mm-hmm. and how for me i still don't know what the heck is gonna happen you know i don't really know where everything i know like at the end you know golfling die mm-hmm. they are supposed to be extinct you know, Spoiler alert, I still, I if still you think, didn't watch the movie from the 80s. I still think they're hiding somewhere, you know, <laughs> waiting to come out, but that's just Just me. waiting but, to come out, but that's but not we, part we, of it. We kind of know where, where the story is going, yeah. but watching the prequel, you you almost are like, whoa, like, wow, how are they going to tell you this? And you're like, oh, they might tell you like this, and mm. it doesn't look like it's just being forced together to yeah. say, let's make it all make sense, just by dropping one a one-liner that mm-hmm. makes it make sense, you yeah. know? Like, and I think... With with this movie, The Revenge of the Sith, you can see some of those like that that fake glue. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So we are going to dive into this movie, but first we're going to take a quick break. Each week when we put out an episode of Almost Nerdy, I am most excited about sharing themes. I love diving into the story and the characters pulling out these lessons that are so relevant to real life today. When we did an episode on Avatar, we were blown away by just how the story of the humans invading Pandora, taking advantage of the natives and the resources is such a parallel to colonization. After each recording, we are even more excited to share these lessons with you guys. 
It's amazing some of the feedback that we've gotten about how people see the movies differently. It's amazing when someone says, hey, maybe you missed this. And we love that because we get to grow together with you. If you enjoy our podcast and are wondering how you can support us, the best way is by giving small monthly donations so that we can dedicate more time and grow this community. If you would like to do this, you can find the link in the podcast info. Thanks, guys. Okay. So I think where I want to start is in the very beginning of the movie, Mm. Obi-Wan and Anakin are saving Palpatine from... Dooku. Mm-hmm. But then Palpatine turns around and he's like, <laughs> he's like, kill him. <laughs> you know, in his like evil voice. So which, he, tells, like, he tells Anakin to kill Dooku. Yeah. And mm. I'm like, if I was Dooku, I'd be like, what What the heck? Yeah. Like, heck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah. what? I would be really confused by that. Yeah. If I were I, him. I, I, I feel like it's kind of part of their world. It's like, I, I, I always think of Snoke and kylo and ray and how like snoke was like bring ray to me like kylo must be going like okay this is weird like what's going on because the culture that they have the 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 set is one-on-one right well yeah but that's the knights of ren it's different but but they're different i mean there's different types yeah yeah oh oh, no i'm focusing on the sith obviously this is different the the kylo situation is different but i think there's this culture of you're weak you're this it's like this manipulation playing one person against another and i feel like that's just the way that world works for them like it's like I can imagine Dooku feeling sad, but I think at the same time, it's it's like a weird cult. It's like when people kill themselves to to get, to push on their gender, you know, that sort of thing. I feel like there's almost like that sort of faith that's there, even though there's a sadness and there's a shock, I guess. But what, how I would like to imagine, it's like, I feel like it's such a twisted, there's so much manipulation in it that there's also almost like a compliance to it. You know, even from the person who's dying, I think he got tricked. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you know. I don't. I don't think it's that. It's that because who wants to get replaced? Nobody wants to get replaced. No, nobody. Nobody's but, like. But, but you, you know imagine? what? Replace me with yeah. someone younger, someone stronger, someone smarter. <laughs> Why don't you, you do yeah. that? But, Just but, but, let me. But think it be think about it. Yeah, but think about it. It's like, you know, my, that's just how manipulation works. It's like. You know, you 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 use even that to to play, to, to make them fight against each other. You know, like if I was, that's how I like to see it. I don't think it's it's as simple. It's just like he thought, oh my gosh, I'm the only one, and then all of a sudden he's shocked. I think that Dooku was well versed in a lot of things that were happening, and I think that even the murder was in a sense not staged, but it was there was a certain sense of sacrifice. And yeah, that's the word sacrifice on Dooku's part. But I could be wrong. But that's that's how I see it. I disagree. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can disagree. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this whole movie is kind of like mm-hmm. based on Anakin's having the like premonitions, basically, mm. of, or the I think they call it prophecies, right? Yeah, yeah, Padme's, yeah, yeah, of Padme's death. Like, Mm. what are your thoughts on that? And like, where Mm. it leads Anakin? Wow. Oh my gosh! Like, like fear, you know. Mm. And 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 last week we talked about 
you know, fulfilling our own prophecies, mm -hmm. you know, self-fulfilled prophecies of doom, you know, <laughs> when you're so scared of something that you end up actually making it happen because you make choices that are based on fear rather than hope and actually like good thoughts, you know, mm -hmm. you end up making the very things that you fear become a reality, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I you kind of see that really play out. Mm -hmm. Because the exact same vision actually happens. Yeah. The way that he saw it, but he causes it. Yeah. You know, which is weird. Yeah. I uh, I just, like, I feel for him because it's, like, mm. she's his person, you know? Like, yeah. Like, they're in love, like, all yeah. that. And it's just, like, mm. I think pretty much anyone would do anything mm. to save someone they love. Like, True. I think they would. And they would go at all lengths, but... It's great. What's crazy to me is that like Anakin goes to that level, right? Mm. He just goes to the extreme. Although, mm. like, I think he's always shown that. Yeah. Like all the time, like yeah. his whole like life. So like, yeah. I don't really know why Padme was like surprised. He's like yeah. the most extreme personality I've ever yeah witnessed, <laughs> like ever. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that he would just like mm. get desperate like that. He's mm. pretty intense. Yeah. But that's hard. It's, like, really hard that, like, yeah. the whole reason that he was even having the visions is because he would, mm. it would lead himself there. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's so tough. Yeah. It's so tough. It's hard to watch. That That's actually a very hard movie to watch because you get to see him just decline. Yeah. And decline. And you're and like, decline. stop. Like, and, just stop. And the way they use the fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, to like the way you know here, Palpatine uses fear to man. That's why, like, I I think Palpatine that's just he functions with manipulation. Mm -hmm. He twists truth. Mm -hmm. He makes things. He skews what's what's there so that like you freak out, and then in freaking out, you actually become the very cause of mm -hmm. your issues. Yeah, and so that's that's it's clever, but it's evil. Yeah, he's yeah. very clever. Clever. He's very evil. Yeah. He's very patient. Yeah, very he's, patient. I feel like he's very patient. He definitely mm. played the long game. Like, yes. I feel like he played the long game. Yes. Um, speaking of Palpatine playing the long game, mm -hmm. if you were Anakin, uh -huh. would you have accepted Palpatine's fast track to being on the Jedi Council? Mm. And would you, in turn, have like spy? Like, would you have been a double agent? Like, they were basically asking him to be. Like, would you spy on Palpatine? I I think the answer will always be yes for me. Like depending on the situation, you know, if if someone used my weaknesses against me, and I could, yeah, I could find myself in that situation. I could. I, I identify myself with the Darth Vader story a lot. Like where it's like there is a lot of like fear. There's a lot of like where it's mm -hmm. like so I I get it because I it's stuff that I've. I've experienced it myself, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, I do, I can't see myself going down that pathway because I'm so afraid of something. I end up doing something stupid, but I end up actually, <laughs> you know, causing the very thing I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, like I can see myself also going down that pathway. It's like, hey, here's an opportunity. And, you know, because I've got that Slytherin in me wanting, you know, power, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And a lot of Gryffindor, but I can see myself <laughs> like being like, oh, you know, step up. Let's do it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I would want to earn my way onto the council. Mm. I would not want a freebie. Yeah. I'd be really annoyed by that. Yeah. That would, 
I'd be like, no. Yeah. I'm not taking that. Yeah. Counselor Pavelteen. Wow. So if you, if you were Anakin, there wouldn't be a Vader. There just wouldn't be a Vader. There would never be Vader, ever. Nope. Then no Galactic Empire. <laughs> I think Palpatine was also very smart because mm. I think he appealed to Anakin in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, that made Anakin feel like mm. he... Because he's best placed to be able to spy on Palpatine. Mm. Like, in Palpatine treating him very kindly and, like, you know, saying how, like, wonderful he is and all that. has all this Uh, potential, like, all that stuff, right? He's, like, stroking mm -hmm. his ego. He made it... He appealed to his emotion. And in appealing to his emotion... Yeah. Which the Jedi are very, like... Like, don't pay attention to your emotion. Don't pay attention to your emotion. Mm. But for someone like Anakin, who is super emotions-driven, like... I think Palpatine is very seductive mm. in the way that he does mm-hmm. things. So it's like, I'm not surprised why he was seduced. And mm-hmm. I think that makes him very loyal to Palpatine, actually. Mm-hmm. It does. Because he's it like, does. he's like, this guy's nice to me. He makes me feel good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm yeah. going to tell him your secrets, but I'm not yeah. telling you his secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And 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 part and and one of the strange things that he says, like that Anakin says, that I thought was like, I'm like, which is which kind of comes back to my point of this culture of Sith is one of toppling each other. He like I remember Anakin saying to Padme, I will I will destroy him and then become the ruler. Yeah, I will be the ruler. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's just that world. So that we can like rule. It's, it's all about like. Hey, the next guy is trying to like murder me so that yeah. he takes over. You know, like it's that's just how that world works, so to speak. The dark side, you mm. know. So, okay, interesting question for you. So, mm. what you were saying there about like how you feel like the dark side is all about like power, power, power. Mm. Palpatine, Palpatine basically says like. But the light side of the force wants mm. power. Like, mm. the Jedi are afraid of losing power. And that's why they are, right. like... So, what, it, like, what would you say to that? Like, do you think that the Jedi were afraid of losing power? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think power in itself is wrong. I think it's what you, you, you want to use it for. And, and mm. also, we need to define power as well, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because there's, there's self-empowerment where I'm like, I feel powerful. I feel like I can be a positive influence mm. to my world. And then there is... I have power over others. Mm. I want the power to control how my environment reacts to me. And so it's not just self-empowerment. It's not just you enabling yourself to be a positive force, but it's you making everything else respond positively to you. Like, to, mm. to you know, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like, there's so much of that, you know, that, 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 like, trying to force everything else to bow down to your will. And I think that, that's where the Sith have issues is that they are all about and it's it's and it, it, it's such a weird peace thing like when you look at uh, you know I think of Cobra you know I think of um, uh, I think of the Hydra just mm-hmm. the whole concept of you know compliance will be rewarded you mm-hmm. know like where it's like if you if we can dominate everyone else like like they will do whatever we want mm. and there's this weird also twist of there will be peace in the world as well. Mm. But really, at the end of the day, it's about like having absolute control of everything around us. Mm-hmm. And that's that's dark, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I guess like 
what I'm getting from what you're saying is like the so the light side mm. is like they're empowered because like they're almost like empowering themselves mm. to be like a good force. Whereas the Sith are more like we want power over others. Like yes. we seek power for like that kind of way. Absolutely. So would you say like do you think that light side or the dark side is more powerful? I I think the light think side I think the light side is 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 more powerful why i say that is because that is because like the dark side's approach always leads to this rebellion there's always mm. like it, it's, it's such a misconception it's a lie where you're like if we will dominate them so hard that they will they'll be so docile to do whatever we want it might work for a little while mm. but there's always in human beings every human being wants to feel self-empowered mm. and the moment someone else tries to control you and remove your power to empower yourself and wants to control you so that you just live according to what the the domineer you know once mm. wants like then there's always something in you that will want to rebel against that. There's mm-hmm. always something in you that wants to push back and you know history speaks for itself you know we talk about people that went through i mean slaves went through what hundreds of years mm-hmm. of slavery mm-hmm. and guess what now slavery is gone mm-hmm. you know like there was a time when right in the smack down in the middle when the cotton farms the plantations were were thriving because of slavery no one would have guessed you know we know what's going to happen one day we're going to have like freedom yeah. you know yeah but but there's something in people when they they when people are subjugated Mm-hmm. there's always that thing in them that wants to fight back so there will never be peace there'll never be lasting peace or never be even in the person that's like the subjugator they're constantly afraid that they want to be toppled they're constantly mm-hmm. afraid that you know that the person that they're dominating will want to you know slit their neck you know when they get the chance mm-hmm. so their life now becomes all about dominating dominating and i so i feel like there's there's there isn't that that peace there isn't that peace there but with light i feel like when you're a positive force you give that positive energy and many times you get that positive energy back it builds it multiplies Mm, it mm -hmm. you know there's something about just you know being something good you know in Mm -hmm. the world and that that causes people to give that goodness back and it creates that massive force Mm -hmm. the light side doesn't look as powerful but i think that long term it has more lasting effects Mm. Yeah. I also wonder if there like aren't as many there aren't as many like Jedi who reach like that level mm. of light side for yeah. understanding of the light side. Yeah. Because like I almost feel like maybe it's like a little bit harder to achieve mm-hmm. in a way because like I do think that there is that like ultimate mm-hmm. selflessness. Like when I think yes. about Yoda, like yes. they're always talking about like Master Yoda's like this, Master Yoda's like this, you know? And yeah. I think that that is probably something that's really difficult to mm. achieve because mm. I think naturally as people we are selfish and it's, yeah. it's hard for us to not be selfish. True. Um, Very true. Whereas like with the dark side, yeah. I mean like look at fast Anakin turned. Mm. It was like immediately. It was like <laughs> right. immediate. You know what that's I mean? So quick. But I think in general, like I think it would be kind of easy mm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that there's some wisdom in not messing with some of the stuff that the dark side does yeah but then the dark side like says like oh the light side isn't powerful enough it's like no actually they just have the wisdom to not mess with death yeah you know like they have the wisdom to not try to do stuff like that yeah because i even think with again Mm. i think we talked about this in the last episode but like Mm. i feel like the dark side like they're 
their like cool thing they have is like mm. their lightning fingers and it's like <laughs> yeah it's... <laughs> but yoda yoda can take it he can block it he, he can, can like, block smush, it he can it. smush it like mm. he he can take it like mm. that's not a problem for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think the other thing, like with when 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 we watched the Last Jedi, like one of the things that really stood out to me was there's almost this concept of they they need to be a level of understanding of the dark side, like if that makes sense. Because you know Luke Skywalker is telling Ray, "Don't go down there. Don't think. Mm. Don't give in to this." And Ray is going like, "Well, I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to." And Ray is not trying to have power. She's not trying to dominate. She's trying to understand. Mm. And I think that there's almost this. I think that what the dark side has that the light side I think misses is honest, honesty. Okay, self honesty to say you know to embrace the dark. You you embrace the dark force. You know you mm. open up to it and you're like. I am dark, you know? Mm. And I feel like with the light side, as they were losing their power, they wanted to hide it. They wanted mm. to pretend like they still had power. Yeah. And I think that the light has that pressure to almost be not real, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So part of it is like, I wonder if the very last, this, this movie that's coming up, um, if it's an ending of any sort, mm. um, I wonder if it's gonna like almost bring the that honesty of the dark side, that yeah. that side of being real with the darkness that within each of us, mm. and but then allowing that truth and that realness to then actually empower us in a way that's more powerful than if we're just like we're just light, we're just perfect, mm-hmm. we're we're monks and we don't touch anything dirty, mm-hmm. you know that sort of yeah. thing. You know, not that there's anything wrong with monks, but they do their thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah. You see what I'm, you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think my last question before we, before we move on to our themes, and uh, then the deep space with Joe deep Tetro. Space. <laughs> That's what deep space sounds like. I don't know. I don't know why I chose that. <laughs> so, to what level do you think Obi Wan feels responsible for Darth Vader? Mm. Wow, I th- I think he feels really responsible. It, like, I think I'm resting in my mind with with your question and also just going like, don't be dumb. You're not responsible for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so I think he really really feels it. I think that he's really weighed down by it. I think that he's on that level of, you know, he's you know almost like he's not a soccer like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> but but I think he's 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 less of, you know, self-pity and so forth. Mm. But I think that he feels heavily responsible. Um, and I think he feels like he needs to be part of fixing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which we then see in the later movie. Which we then see yeah. in the later movie. And he's got a lot of training to do as well. Like, yeah. And in the end, Yoda actually teaches himself, begins to teach him something. So I think that he finds himself really deep in that training mm-hmm. because he's like, I need to, I feel responsible, so I need to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like he's really weighed down. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same place where I want to be like, Obi-Wan, it's not your fault. <laughs> like, he was, he was gonna do, like, you know, pe- like, you can help someone as much as you can help them, but at mm. the end of the day, like they're responsible for their own actions. Like <laughs> if you're giving them every 
thing that you possibly can. Like, <laughs> yeah. and he was even like chill mm-hmm. about like Padme being like, "Yo, I'm mm-hmm. preggers." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he was even like chill about it. He's like, "Okay, yeah. like we can figure this out. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like, mm-hmm. forbidden love. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. We'll yeah. make it work." Yeah, you know. And Anakin was kind of like putting his own thoughts mm-hmm. into Obi Wan's head. You mm-hmm. and McGregor's like performance. Oof. When he's like so yelling good. at like stub body of Anakin, mm. <laughs> like yeah. in the volcano, it's like, oh, yeah. uh, like his performance, like when he's just like yelling, like you were supposed to be the best of us, like all yeah. that, and like he tells Anakin not to jump over him. He's like, I have the higher ground, like, uh, don't yeah. jump. Like, yeah, even in that moment, he was like, don't mm. do this mm. because you know I'm going to have to fight you. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna have to stop. cut your legs now. And arm. Other arm. He has, he has oh, no Oh, was it legs. arms? His arm legs? and his legs. His arms and his legs. And okay, he only okay, has okay. his robot can, arm left. Can we just touch on this for, for a second? <laughs> One second. What? This obsession of cutting limbs by Star Wars needs to love stop. It. They need to stop cutting limbs. They love it. It's like their favorite thing <laughs> to do. Cutting limbs off is like their favorite activity. Oh, uh, they enjoy it. They love it. <laughs> I feel like they just got so caught up in it. I, I don't know who told them that people love it when we do this. So let's keep doing it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's literally the worst. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I feel like ugh, that's like the hard thing with Obi-Wan. It's like, and that's why I think he ends up going to Tatooine. And like, mm. you know, even though he's not, mm. he's not, doesn't watch over Luke in any way or anything mm. like that. But he's just there, like ready. Yeah. You know, he's just ready. Yeah. Okay. So my theme is from Yoda mm. and it's the part when they are basically giving all of the power over to Palpatine mm. and Yoda says something along the lines of like, you know, you're giving up your liberty for an empire because mm. you want safety, safety and security. Mm. Liberty dies to thunderous applause. Mm. Mm. And I just like, I just thought that was like pretty deep because I think when people are scared, like, we're just willing to give up liberty. Like, we just are. Yeah. And I think my biggest example will always be, like, going to the airport pre-9-11 and going to the airport after 9-11. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I don't even know if you really had to, like, show your driver's license or anything, like, when you went on a plane before 9-11. Like, I remember flying when I was a kid, and it was, like, nothing, and there were, like... Yeah. No long lines at airports and all that. Mm. And, like, the second that a tragedy hits, mm. people are like, give it up. Like, mm. we don't ha- we don't want that anymore. We want safety. Yeah. And I don't always think that that's a bad thing. Mm. And in this case, it was a bad thing. But yeah. it's like, like, they gave up a lot. Yeah. It wasn't just like, yeah. it wasn't just like, you know what? I'll take my shoes off to make sure yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't get blown up on a plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, but mm. I do think that it's one of those things where fear, I think, is something that can be used really easily to motivate groups of people. And it's actually surprising what you'll mm. give up that's in so order true. to that's so like true. to feel safe. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good point. That's a good point. Like I'm I like it's 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 people underestimate how powerful that is mm-hmm. because it's like you know, we look at look at history, you know, like a lot of times it's like 
a lot of these guys who have massacred many people have used fear they used mm-hmm. anger they used hate so it's like and so a lot of these emotions are very like closely related mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know and it's it's so much easier to to control someone and to to get someone to do something they would never ever mm-hmm. think of doing or allowing to happen when they're afraid than anything else you know and it's kind of like mm. it's you know it's 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 sad it's sad when when you see it happen and watching i i love it when old movies like star wars i mean star wars this one is not super old but it's like you know it's like 10 years it's, it's kind of almost 10 yeah 10 years you know and and for me, I love when movies like that when they touch on things that we we see now and we think mm-hmm. that where you start seeing like it's part of human nature to be afraid. But I think that we as human beings, I think we need to be more afraid of fear itself because mm-hmm. it always leads to a lot of times to be susceptible to anything that makes us feel safe. I mean, think about Anakin. That's all fear. You know, mm-hmm. fear led all him fear. down that path. He killed kids. He kills children because they were like, those kids are going to grow. Those little kids are going to grow and they're going to want to murder you. They're going to want to murder your family. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to do this. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, and he went as far as to murder kids because yeah. uh, he, fear, it's just like irrational. And I feel like in the world we live today, the moment someone goes like, oh, that group of people don't want to murder you, they want to do this, or blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, people are like, ah, and you know, we make choices that we would not have made otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all another conversation. But my, I, th- I think my, my theme, um, a lot of it has to do like with mentorship and with with growth because I feel like Anakin, Anakin reaches this weird space where he's looking at his mentor and going like, that mentor wants he wants to he's jealous of me, mm. you know he's jealous of me and and it really made me think hard of, of like you know with with mentorship there's always like you know that tension between the teacher and the pupil almost because the the pupil is seeing fresh new perspectives mm. that the teacher would never see yeah. but then the teacher is seeing like old traps and old usually a lot like like i feel like mentorship is 90 percent warning 10 percent like ideas and new things you uh, know yeah. what i mean because it's like it's like i feel like in this situation anakin's being warned about the emperor he's being told mm-hmm. be careful this dude mm-hmm. and because of that because he doesn't listen to them, he goes like, "You're jealous." You just like, you know, because the emperor is going like, "You're so gifted. You should be flying in the sky. You should be be part of the council. You should be doing this." Like, and and he's you know blowing his head up, you know. But then the 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 council is going like, "No, chill. You don't belong on the council yet. You don't do this. You know that yeah. sort of stuff." In fact, you shouldn't be going on that mission. You should be staying at home. You know, your own baby. You know, girl, sit at Judy, whatever. Yeah. You know, and that sort of stuff, and 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 he's getting angry, and he's allowing that. Like he's kind of missing the warnings that are there mm-hmm. because he's so ambitious and he wants to to move on. I think that sometimes in mentorship, you know, being slower to see the bad intentions of someone who's trying to help you, and not just mentorship, but someone who wants to give advice, who's like, "Hey, I have advice." Being slower to see that person trying to take stuff from you but but realizing that when people when people want to mentor you and help you a lot of times they want to give you warnings uh even it means like okay i mean some people give ridiculous warnings that are based on fears and old things that happened in the past but i think that we should learn to listen twice to those like mm-hmm. and and listen twice but also don't 
throw those like sometimes I, i'll have debates with people about certain things and say uh here's my thoughts on this and this and sometimes i'll, I'll move on and do something different and things go well and sometimes i ignore and things don't go well but one of my favorite things is like sometimes when when i someone says something to me and i just remember it i might disagree with them but i remember what they said and then maybe it might make me change perspectives just a little bit mm. enough for me to succeed and i think that with with anakin in the situation he's completely completely ignoring anything else and and we talked about fear and a lot of there's lots of fear but also there's also just like just being dumb and just being like like and and kind of being like hey like you know obi-wan wants to He's jealous of me. He's, he's, he's like he, he's not I'm, jealous I'm, of you. I, right, like, right. He's not jealous of you. Right, calm like, down. It, right, calm down. He, like anything, everyone kicks his butt in the end. But yeah. it's like, but I think yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that you know, um, yeah, it's okay to hear like other perspectives. Uh, not so that you just do whatever people say. Sometimes like. You don't have to respond to them. Sometimes just hear it, keep it in your mind. Use that even for your internal debates. If not, shelve it. If it means you're changing one little word for what you're going to say, then fine, do that. But don't just discard when people who have gone through what you want to go through, uh, or rather people who are more experienced than you, try and give advice. Mm -hmm. You know, um, And I'm speaking not because I'm good at it, I'm speaking probably because I'm terrible at it. Because yeah. <laughs> you're from the dark side. I'm, well, I'm I'm Anakin here. Like I'm that's. I'd definitely be the where, light where side. Where the where the I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm Yoda. Not, where the Vader's actually like yeah. I think I have more Vader T-shirts than anything else. <laughs> it's actually concerning. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Even things that I oh, like, I'm like all oh, the posters. It's just Vader, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay before we get too silly we're gonna uh, take a break and then joe will be here with deep space with joe tatro <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a proper intro So we have Joe here. He is the resident nerd. Here I am. That's me. <laughs> That's you. Okay. Before we dive into my ultimate question, which is why does every Star Wars fan hate the prequels? <laughs> Everyone. Every single I one. I need to know if you were a Sith Lord, what would your name be? Oh, Darth man. what? All right. I'm trying to avoid doing like a really silly one like Darth Butts. Oh. Because that would be too much. I think I would be Darth Sparkless. Darth Sparkless. I yeah, love that. First sparkles. I'm gonna go with Darth. I don't even know. I've never thought about this. What kind of really Star Wars fan am I? <laughs> I was like, Joe will definitely have thought about this. I'm gonna go with Darth Wombat because I really imagine coming up against a Jedi and them going, We meet again. Darth Wombat and me <laughs> smiling to myself. <laughs> like, I can't take you seriously. In a very serious moment. Which would add to, like, your power, I Exactly. Think. That's yes. a strategy. I get the Jedi off guard <laughs> because they're smiling, I'm smiling, and then I attack. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, Joe, I need you to explain to us, who are only almost nerdy. Almost. Why 
all like hardcore Star Wars fans hate the prequels. All right, so it's a complicated process. And I have to say before I answer this, that for me personally, the prequel movies aren't my favorite, mm -hmm. but I don't absolutely hate them. So I will add that caveat, but I've been kind of talking about this with a couple friends recently as the new trailers for Rise of Skywalker came out and everything, we've been talking about the series and we kind of came to what I think is a kind of consensus amongst the hardcore Star Wars dweebs. And I think it kind of boils down to a couple points. What I kind of think of it as is like when you're younger and you love Happy Meals or like Taco uh -huh. Bell or whatever it may be and you just chow down on that yeah. and you just love that food and then you grow up and you still love it and it's also nostalgic and you really love that food. It's greasy. It's delicious. You go to McDonald's all the time, <laughs> twice a day like I do and you end up eating all that food and it just gives you a nice good feeling. And then you make the mistake of looking behind the counter oh. and seeing them oh, make no. all of it. Yeah, don't look at that. And you're like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> because it's like that old saying of like, seeing how the sausage gets yeah. made. You don't want to see how a Taco Bell taco gets made. So we didn't want to see how Darth Vader was made. To a certain extent, yeah. It's and pretty, so it's, it's pretty tragic. It really is tragic. And it's really cool because you get the backstory, but at the same time, you know, you fall in love with the original trilogy, and for me, I grew up watching them with my dad, and mm -hmm. I would like sit on his lap, and we'd watch them together, and it was great. And so when the prequel trilogy came out when I was younger, I was going into high school when the prequel trilogy came out, and I was really, really excited, and my dad was excited, and we got really pumped, and then we wanted to go see them, and I actually kind of like each of the movies, um, but when you really think about it, you really think about... Is this really the way I envisioned, like, mm. the origin story of Darth Vader? Um, and it really kind of broke down into two kind of areas for me, which was, like, the production and then the storyline. So, like, production-wise, all of the prequel movies just don't really feel quite like the Star Wars yeah. that you grew up to love. Too much CGI, right? Yeah, way yeah. too much CGI. The casting is really weird. Yep. The acting's off. Yep. Like, the Jake kid, I forget his last name now who plays Anakin when he's really young yeah, is one. really off. And then Hayden Christensen is like, <laughs> he's good enough, but he's not quite there. And then watching Hayden Christensen in like Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, uh -huh. it really kind of puts this little tick in the back of your mind anytime you see Darth Vader later on. Yeah. Because all I hear anytime I see Darth Vader in the original trilogy <laughs> oh, no. now is Anakin going, why'd you have to die in Attack of the Clones? And it just is tough because Darth Vader is this ominous presence yeah. and just like commands the room when he walks in. And it's tough not to think of like this whiny little butt yeah. from the prequels. It's pretty whiny. And so like production wise, it's a little rough. And like George Lucas, he wrote, produced and directed A New Hope, episode four. Uh huh. And so that was like revolutionary and it was all great and everything like that. But for the other two, which most people agree, Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5, and Return of the Jedi, Jedi Episode 6, are kind of the better ones of the yeah. original trilogy. He didn't direct those. Mm -hmm. um, and he only co-wrote the script for them. And mm -hmm. so we get to see in the prequel trilogy, all of those are written and directed by George Lucas. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
on the side of production, you realize that George Lucas isn't really a super great dialogue writer. Yeah. And you kind of see it in each of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awkward. And like you get to like Revenge of the Sith and you have that really weird romantic moment between Anakin and Padme. And it's like, you know, you're so beautiful because I'm so in love with you. No, I'm beautiful (laughs) because you're in love with me. It's this really weird dialogue. And you're like, George, what are you doing? <laughs> what happened to you? Um, and so I think that like that's kind of a little weird in terms of production, that George Lucas is not the greatest director and writer. Mm. He's an amazing imaginative mind. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like writing and directing a movie, it's not really his forte, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, other than production, I think the like storyline is a bit of a struggle too. Because... The original trilogy, part of what was so awesome about them is that you get this core group of heroes and you really grow to get attached to those characters and you see them grow as time goes on. Like Mm -hmm. Han in A New Hope is completely different than Han in Return of the Jedi. And seeing that dynamic from like first movie to third movie is awesome. And same thing with like Luke, like Luke starts off in A New Hope and he's really innocent and wide eyed and like, oh man, I really wanted to go to the Imperial Academy. Yeah. (laughs) And then by the third one, he's, like, commanding the room Mm -hmm. with the Emperor and Darth Vader. And he's, like, almost in control of that room until he realizes, oh, crap, the Emperor is way more powerful than me. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, you don't get quite the awesome characters in the prequels that you get with the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. With the exception being, like, Qui-Gon Jinn, for me, is a really, really intriguing, awesome character but then he dies. Like immediately. And so, yeah, it's like you get him in Phantom Menace and you're like, oh, this is dope. Liam Neeson is like crushing it. He's this cool, wise, old Jedi and he's going to be awesome. And then they kill him. Yeah. And so like you lose that character. And then same thing with like Darth Maul. He, they kill him off favorite. in that same he's a movie. Favorite. <laughs> yeah. I love and everyone. Him. Like you get that first note when... Darth Maul comes out of the opening door and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are there. And those two notes, the dun-dun. No two notes in any score ever can make you as emotionally charged (laughs) as those. And so you get these cool characters, but then the rest of them are a little weird. Like Jar Jar is is Jar Jar. Don't don't even get us started on him. (laughs) Because everyone craps on Jar Jar. And he's kind of there almost like the Ewoks were in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. where Jar Jar is supposed to be there for like kind of the comedy comedy relief, kind of making the little kids be like, oh, look at this funny guy. Mm -hmm. Ha 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 ha. He's so silly. And I was kind of that way when I first saw Phantom Menace. And then as it goes on, you're like, oh, man, this is rough. Well, he ruins everything. He does. He He does ruin everything. everything. Like he the first movie, he's just too silly. And then he's the reason why... (laughs) Palpatine becomes emperor in the first place. And you're like, what are you doing, Jar Jar? <laughs> Jar Jar. And so I think Jar Jar is kind of like the, the epitome of the characters in the prequel trilogy, not being quite up to the same level that the ones in the original trilogy were. And I, I hate to crap on Jar Jar because everyone does, but yeah. he's kind of, for me, the epitome of that character um, lacking in the prequel trilogy that you had have compared to the original trilogy and then i think they try to make things way too complicated in the storyline as well like adding all of like the midi-chlorians thing Mm -hmm. is kind of an interesting concept at first Mm -hmm. but then they keep driving it home and they're like oh man anakin has way more midi-chlorians than anyone else and by the way midi-chlorians oh and did you hear about (laughs) midi-chlorians and it's just a little bit too much you're like 
stop wasting time on the midichlorians. Show me more stuff. Um, and you get like the the political stuff, which is kind of cool at first because mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, you get to see like the rise of the yeah. empire and stuff like that. But they get really deep in the weeds about politics in the Senate and like yeah. how you move out one chancellor to bring in another and you have to have like a vote of no confidence and like they go deep into that and it's a little (laughs) weird and you're like i just kind of wanted to see like really great characters do force stuff yeah (laughs) and so it's kind of like uh, for me a a two-pronged thing where it's it's the production is a little bit off and the the storyline is a little bit off to the point that it just doesn't feel quite like the original trilogy Mm -hmm. did and so it's for hardcore fans that's kind of where a lot of us are at um and it's kind of different levels depending upon the fan you look at but it's kind of those two things that it's just between those it just doesn't feel like the original trilogy quite as much Mm -hmm. so one question for you got it so are you very against then the fan theory that jar jar was originally supposed to be from the Sith. Okay. Like, are you I, very against that? I am not very against it. You like I honestly it. love that because that justifies Jar Jar a little bit to me. <laughs> because I love that theory because it's like, well, you see, he does this like martial arts style that's called like the, the way of the fool one. or something. Yeah, the drunken fool. The <laughs> drunken fool. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh, that explains so much about his Which, ridiculousness. Surprisingly, I actually knew about because I had a friend in high school who was really into martial yes, arts and that. thought that that was the coolest. <laughs> type of fighting and i was like you're right it does look like those movies (laughs) whoa george lucas is going deep i yeah i don't think he's that deep of a character no i don't think he is i really don't think he is and there was kind of a a height (laughs) of that theory when you got to like force awakens came out and everyone's wondering who the heck snoke is and you're like oh my gosh is this like Jar Jar like deformed oh. over time and he's still like the ultimate oh. Sith Lord? And so <laughs> I started really getting into that idea like, oh my gosh, what if he is? And then I started realizing that's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. George Lucas, as brilliant as he is, a creative mind is not that deep. Not that, not that deep. Exactly. <laughs> so I just want to thank everybody for listening this week. We are going to be talking about Solo next week since we have finished the prequels. Thank you for joining us on this nerdy journey. We'll see you next week.